Welcome, welcome to Open My Eyes Podcast, where we learn to become our authentic selves, the best version of ourselves. I'm your host, Nathaniel DeWeese. All right, thanks for joining today's podcast. My name is Nate. I'm the host of Open My Eyes Podcast. And again, we have... Our friend, uh, Brenna A., back with us today. Uh, last time we spoke, she talked about taming the control beast. So uh, so she's back. Welcome back, uh, Brenna. Thank you. Nice All to be right. back. It's good to have you back. So, you know, last time we talked, we talked about taming the control beast. Mm-hmm. And this time we're going to be talking about a little bit of parts work and forgiveness. Correct. Yes. Okay. All yes. right. So when we start talking about uh, parts work, um, what exactly is part work and how does that tie into forgiveness? Um, parts work is kind of a, the layman's terms for a type of therapy. Um, it's called ego state therapy. And the idea behind it is that um, each individual is made up of parts uh-huh. um, and those parts um, contribute to how we see events in our lives. Um, so to give an example, um, if you have a part of you that's maybe conflicted mm-hmm. about something, um, you might give the answer, I don't know. Okay. And I don't know really means part of you thinks one way and part of you feels another way. Okay. Is that like a, kind of like a misidentity or is it something similar to that? Or? It's it's basically there's something in you that's telling you maybe this isn't right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that could be the part of you that's stuck in a previous uh, time in your life. Mm-hmm. And then there's a part of you that maybe is ready to move forward with something. Mm-hmm. And so a, a lot of parts work is actually um, having those those parts come together and decide what's the best thing to do. Um, there are there are four um, basic ego states that you'll, you'll deal with. Um, some are the ones that have experienced a traumatic event. And Mm -hmm. so if, if you've experienced a traumatic event, let's say, um, when you were 11, you had a parent leave you. Okay. That would be considered a pretty traumatic event to most. Mm -hmm. And so that 11 year old part of you, um, may hold on to a very intense fear Mm -hmm. of being left. And so in your adulthood, you might be in your 20s or your 30s or your 40s, you have a 40-year-old part of you um, that's ready to move forward in a relationship and is feeling really good about a partner. And then maybe this 11-year-old part of you that's still very wounded and very hurt by being left keeps you from that or holds you back from that, causes you to have a lot of doubts about that, Mm -hmm. Um, maybe even causes you to push your heels in a little and, and not want to move forward with a relationship that's seemingly going well. Right. And yet this, this unhealed unprocessed part of you um, can, can hold you back from that out of fear or loss of control, powerlessness. Um, but ultimately um, it still affects us mm-hmm. even though we're no longer 11. Yeah. We're no longer going through that trauma of being left. And yet, in our 40-year-old selves, um, we're experiencing that same fear as if maybe it might happen again. Wow. That's okay. So that's that's interesting. So there's a resistance mm-hmm. Absolutely. that happens from that trauma, uh, that, the entrance of that trauma 
So it doesn't matter if years and years pass by. Mm-hmm. If something similar shows up, then that shows up too. It could. Absolutely. Okay. And there's also conflicted ego states, which are kind of how I mentioned before that I don't know. Okay. There's one part that feels one way and another part that feels another way. And so they're kind of in conflict with one another as to what the best choice would be. Um, we also have retro ego state. So there are parts of our lives that uh, a certain behavior did us well for a time. Okay. Um, let's use the example of being in uh, maybe a domestic violence relationship. Mm-hmm. So for a time, that part of you learned to survive, to make it. And there were certain behaviors that were picked up during that time to increase the chances of survival right. or of peace in that household. Right. right? Yeah. Now we've moved forward and there's a different part of us emerging. Maybe we're no longer in that relationship, mm-hmm. right? Or maybe we've become the perpetrator and, and our partners become the victim. Either way, the part changes and yet those, those tactics, those behaviors that we held on to, mm-hmm. we might still be trying to use those mm-hmm. unnecessarily. So when these events happen in people's lives, mm-hmm. um, they show up as, it's almost like they're being protected by 100%. those situations. Mm-hmm. So uh, for the person who wants to kind of like, move on, they can't because mm-hmm. it's like they're being pulled back in. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. Um, so when we started talking about that, how does how does a person even identify that they're dealing with something like that? It's, it, takes, um, it takes some work and it takes some self-awareness for sure. Uh-huh. I think a, um, a big portion of that healing process starts when we can recognize maybe our behaviors our thoughts, our emotions Mm -hmm. are not really matching with what we're going through right then. Okay. Because a lot of the parts work comes with identifying that we're no longer living in what we were living in before. Okay. And wherever those parts are stuck, you'll see that in maybe um, reverting back to an old behavior Mm -hmm. or a trauma response or uh, imagine you have a 15-year-old part of yourself. Mm-hmm. What's 15? It's that adolescent stage. Right. You kind of dig your heels in about everything, and you think you know it all, right? So I was that way, too. Yeah, um, yeah. But sure. moving forward now, maybe we're in our mid-30s, mm-hmm. and something happens, and we almost feel ourselves like throwing a, a temper tantrum of sorts yeah. or, or we refuse to be wrong about something or right. we kind of find ourselves crossing our arms and saying, well, I know better than you. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. almost like a, an adolescent behavior that's right. showing up in a 30 some year old person. Wow. And okay. so it's interesting to check back in on that and say, I wonder what about that event made me feel younger. Like mm-hmm. I needed to know or, or that I needed to resist. Right. What what part of me is stuck? And and once you start using ego state more, even just in your own lingo, in your own um, dialogue with self, you'll hear yourself use the word parts a lot. You'll say, I don't know, part of me feels like, uh, and you're like, whoa. <clears throat> 
And that's something to pay attention to because you're basically telling yourself there is a part of me that feels conflicted. Okay. What is that part? I like that. That's a good point. So let me ask you this. For the average person, the person who's not aware, Mm -hmm. to them, that's like a normal behavior. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. How did they even come to the place of even defining (laughs) or even getting clarity on on that issue? Right. Um, Because it's just a normal behavior, when something doesn't go their way, they throw a temper tantrum. Mm-hmm. Um, how would they even know the difference? That's such a good question, Nate. So part of uh, understanding uh-huh. is um, similar to what I said in our previous podcast uh-huh. um, episode was there's going to come a point uh-huh. where that part or the the lack of, of growth in said part is going to cause distress okay. in the individual. Every relationship keeps failing. Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. Right? Or I keep losing every job. Why? Mm-hmm. Because part of me doesn't want to have to listen to a boss. Yes. Part of me doesn't like to feel out of control. Right. Part of me fill in the blank. Yeah. Right? So we'll start to experience distress in certain areas. And sometimes we normalize our distress and, and we rationalize why, oh, it's it's their fault. We blame it. Mm-hmm. But eventually, the hope is, as kind of bad as it sounds, the distress will be big enough mm-hmm. to where we are willing to recognize these parts of ourselves that are stuck. And that's where the forgiveness comes in. Okay. Now, is it common to see... The human behavior become uh, come to the point to where they experience so much distress. That's when they finally get it. Mm-hmm. They can't get it before that happens. Before you come to a place of having so much distress, it doesn't click for them. You know, I think it's different for every person. Mm-hmm. I can't answer for every person. Right. Um, I know. I actually discovered. Um, ego state therapy and parts work through a podcast that I was listening to a while ago um, for a specific training I was doing. Mm. And something about that podcast really resonated with me because I started to recognize how my own verbiage of things related so much with it. And I've noticed also that as I use it with clients, it sounds so foreign when you first bring it up, Mm. but it clicks so easily for them to understand there is a part of me that's stuck. And it's actually so amazing to see the brain tell you where that part is. Because immediately I'll say, what part of you feels that? Oh, well, my 26-year-old self. And you're like, whoa, great. Let's go with that and figure out. Yeah. And and then they can understand that that was the 26-year-old self, the 26-year-old part. How old are you now? Yeah. Um, 39. Okay, so the 39-year-old you made it through that. Yes, yes. You lived through that. You survived through that. Mm -hmm. And where are you now? Mm -hmm. And then they're able to reflect on, wow, I've actually come really far in my life. I'm maybe sober or I'm uh, taking all my meds and I feel stable or I have such a good job and I love what I do Mm -hmm. or I've got a family that loves me and cares about me now. And you're able to recognize that, that 26-year-old part of you, as scary as it was, whatever that happened, you're not in it anymore. Yeah, right. So I, I did hear you mention that there was four different, um, mm-hmm. four different types of correct of these uh, uh, ego state. Ego state. Yeah, okay. yeah. Four different types of. So if you can name those four, and can a person experience all four of these, mm-hmm. or 
Is this like uh, just, you know, people have different parts of it or? Yeah. So you, you can experience all of them. Um, the, the first one, as I mentioned before, is the, the state that experienced a, a traumatic event. Yes. The second is the conflicted ego state, um, where you've got two parts of you that are kind of, uh, not really able to see eye to eye about a situation. Um, the third one is the retro state in which it was a behavior that worked before, but is really no longer necessary. And then the last is our normal ego state, which is where we're not necessarily stuck in any parts, but we're kind of at peace with all of the parts that have built us up to where we are in our current moment. Gotcha. Okay. What's the importance of going, actually going back to these different parts, Mm -hmm. the 11 year old, the 26 year old, uh, the 30-year-old, what's the importance of being able to go back to these different parts for the sake of healing and, and forgiveness? Well, a lot of the time when we're going through um, challenging times, um, we look back on those times and we want to find uh, an area of blame. Mm. We want to be able to blame the person who hurt us or we want to be able to blame ourselves for not being smart enough or good enough or, or seeing the signs or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And blame is our ego's basic worst enemy yeah. um, because it, it's not about who's to blame. Right. We're not there anymore. Right. That's the key factor is when we're in trauma or when we've experienced trauma, it feels like we're still there. Right. But the biggest realization to come to is that part was there. Right. How can I now, having survived that, having made it through and and really better on the other side of it in one way or another, how can I now show up for that part? What did I need then that I have now but didn't have then? Could be safety, control, Mm -hmm. understanding responsibility. Mm -hmm. Um, But blame is probably the biggest thing to avoid in it because um, the fact is, is Anger and blame are, are some of the things that keep us um, stuck yeah. when we can realize that maybe no one's to blame, but rather we're to thank for getting ourselves out of that situation. Yeah. And, and the anger really only told us something's not right mm-hmm. and we need to do something else. I like that. So I can see the correlation of how... Somebody needs to go back and, and start to work on the forgiveness part because how can you move past blame without mm-hmm. forgiveness? Right. You'll keep running into the same problems. And that's, I think, the key factor in ego state is you're trying to decrease that conflict, mm-hmm. that trauma, and the response to trauma, um, and, and reducing the need for old behaviors that aren't serving you anymore mm-hmm. in order to form the healthiest and most normal ego state for you in your present day. And nothing needs to get in our way from our past because that's exactly what it is. Past. Right. Okay. So when we have that type of thing going on in our life that pulls us back, mm-hmm. um, do you think that the common person actually recognizes they actually need to go in and work on forgiveness? <laughs> Usually not. Usually not. Usually not. Usually distress will show up in, in areas. And a lot of the times we will um, use a cognitive distortion like compartmentalizing mm-hmm. to say, 
oh, my relationships are failing. But that has nothing to do with the fact that my mom left when I was 11. Right. We compartmentalize and separate them, even though they're very much correlated. Mm-hmm. We're afraid of moving forward in a relationship because we're afraid that we're going to have to repeat that same trauma. And our 11-year-old self is still wounded from that, mm-hmm. especially when things happen so young. We do not have the same emotional regulation skills that we do in adulthood. We don't know how to process those emotions. Most of the time, especially if we don't have a caregiver or a parent to walk us through what it means to process emotions and we're left to our own devices, we have no clue what we're doing. And so we need an adult figure, even if it's our adult selves, to go back in and provide comfort to, support for, and guidance Mm -hmm. into the current state. I like that. Okay. So being able to go back, process, Mm -hmm. and then start going through that healing process is going to be the key for that person that's becoming out of that. Mm -hmm. Um, What are some things that that tend to to linger once you start to go into that work? Like what what lingers around? Like what what is the thing that will pull somebody back? Pain. Pain. Yeah, pain. Um, I think it's very natural uh, in in h- human nature to avoid pain, which is part <laughs> of why we don't want to go back to those times because I already had to live it. Why do I have to go live it again? You yes. don't. Right. That's the cool part is you don't actually have to go live it again. You need to allow that part of you to no longer have to live it either. Right. And right. allow them to know And be very aware that you're not living it anymore. You are far, far past that that terrible event that happened or that terrible relationship that that broke you or whatever. Um, You're allowing that part to not have to keep reliving it. And therefore, you're allowing yourself to not have to keep reliving it. Part Part of that process, too, is going in and forgiving for not knowing any better. Yes. Because a lot of the times we tell ourselves... I should have known better I should have known. Yeah. and should is just shame mm-hmm. because we didn't. The fact is, is we did not know better. Right. And so if we can go in and say, it's okay that you didn't know any better, mm-hmm. you did the absolute best you could with what you knew. Mm-hmm. And now look, right. look at where we are now. Right. Look at what we learned and look at where we're going. Yeah. I want you to come with me on that journey. I like that. How much of this would you say contributes to a person struggling with identity? Mm. Well, that's a loaded question. (laughs) A lot. Yeah. A lot. I mean, it can go as far as like dissociative disorders Mm -hmm. where those parts feel so separate that they feel like their own identity. Um, That's a whole different ballgame. And ego state I'm not sure about using it with, with actual like dissociative disorders. It could be useful. Um, but, but for a very trained individual, um, even, even a lot of what I am talking about is a lot more helpful. Um, when there's someone kind of walking you through because you do run the risk of kind of flooding yourself with old memories, especially if you don't have the coping skills or the calming techniques to, um, to relax right. or, or remember I'm not there anymore. I'm not living that anymore. Right. So, so it can actually put somebody in a worse situation if they're not doing it properly, if they're not using the proper support, it can actually put them in a, a worse off state. 
And the hope is that they choose to do this work with, even if it's not like a, a trusted, like professional, mm-hmm. um, maybe doing this work in a, in a place where there's safety. Right. Um, and, and you know that there's a way to bring yourself back from that state or right. that part. Wow. Okay. If you could just tie in more of that forgiveness part on how, um, how forgiveness ties into the four, the mm-hmm. four topics that you gave us. Right. Um, I think that the biggest, um, way that forgiveness ties in is, um, forgiveness has absolutely nothing to do with the other person. Yeah. Forgiveness has everything to do with you. Mm-hmm. And so if we are going into these different parts of ourselves, those are all parts of us. Mm-hmm. And so forgiveness applies to any area. And and as I was kind of mentioning, if you can go in and forgive that younger self, that 11-year-old, 26-year-old, 39-year-old for not knowing any better in that time, mm-hmm. forgiving them for allowing what happened to happen or um staying in the relationship for longer than you would have wanted to or again, fill in the blank, Mm -hmm. um, you're no longer holding that over yourself and and you're giving yourself the freedom to move forward from it, learning from it, and also knowing better now. Maybe not then, but now, because there is no shit about it. The fact is, is you didn't. And now maybe you do. Okay. Why do you think in your, and just in your opinion, why do you think this is like so hard for people to see? Like, why is it like uh, almost like tunnel vision or like blinders Mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to like recognizing that a a part of this happened when I was 11, part of this happened when I was 26. Why don't we recognize this stuff? Like, why is it so hard for us to be able to go back and, oh, yeah, this happened Mm -hmm. to me at 11 and I can see my behavior at 30? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Wonderful question. Uh, Part of it, again, is pain Uh because we don't have to want to go re-experience those things. And again, we come up with behaviors that then help us to cope with that, whether it's being avoided in relationships or um, walking away from jobs because, you know, we threw a temper tantrum or whatever those behaviors are. We've we've adapted to the best of our ability, um, but it's an unhealed adaption. Right. Um, the, The second thing um, the reason why maybe we're hesitant or or maybe even unable to see it is I think there's kind of a, an idea that every year we get older, then we are, you know, uh, we're 30 yeah. or I'm 31. But really, we're 31 and 30 and 29 and all the way back down. We're all of those things stacked on top of one another. Yeah, and like and we think that by moving continuing to move forward in our in our age or in our life that we're putting all of it behind us but really we're stacking on top of what we've built and so i think a lot of it's the perception that we have of what our life is built off of Mm -hmm. our life is built off of every single year that we've been alive yes Yes. and and we kind of neglect those parts especially if they're painful yes especially if we don't want to face them yes and that's i think that's why we hear some of those statements like that happened when i was 11 Mm -hmm. that happened so long ago you know why would i even go back and deal with that why would i even go back and adjust that but mm-hmm. no one seems to see <laughs> all the chaos with that's you. going on <laughs> in their right. later years right. you know because yeah. i don't know the, it's the disassociation with with the trauma and then if i let it go by a moment of, it's going to be better time 
Isn't that one of your other podcasts? It is. Time is not always the healing factor. The The real healing factor is being willing uh-huh. to go in and face the parts of yourself. Because if you feel shame for those parts, mm-hmm. you're still carrying shame. Yeah. So if you feel ashamed of your 11-year-old self or your 22-year-old self, mm-hmm. you're feeling shame now. Wow. Because that is a part of you. Yes, yes. And so going in and healing that shame and forgiving yourself and allowing yourself to move through that pain, mm-hmm. that diminishes the shame that we feel and creates a healthier outlook on our, our new, normal, healthy ego. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the disassociation with um, with the time thing and with the age thing, mm-hmm. I don't know, in your experience, do you see that people don't? They don't correlate that whole experience with all of the stuff they've been doing in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, some can, uh-huh. some cannot. Right. I think that's part of the importance of having some form of guidance yes. in the process mm-hmm. is helping them to connect the dots. Mm-hmm. Um, because healing is a messy, non-linear yeah. process. Yes. And that's the beauty of it is I might go deal with 11-year-old Brenna mm-hmm. before I'm ready to go deal with 3-year-old Brenna. Or I might have to deal with 3-year-old Brenna before I can come in and forgive 24-year-old Brenna. Right. And I think because it can get messy, if there's a lack of guidance or, or even just a lack of safety or structure in the process, uh-huh. We can easily get lost, overwhelmed, and then want to give up again. That makes a lot of sense. So a couple more questions. Um, What is an unhealthy way or approach of of dealing with these issues? Avoiding them. Mm -hmm. Avoiding them, one. I hear statements a lot of, well, it's just who I am. Okay. And so I think when we have the, the very rigid mindset that we're just stuck being the way that we are, um, we are hindering ourselves from so much potential because we're never stuck. And I use never very, very pointedly. Mm-hmm. There is always room. And I use always very pointedly as well. <laughs> yes. There is always room to grow mm-hmm. and to continue forward mm-hmm. in, in who you are and how aware you are of self, of emotions, of behaviors, of thoughts, that there's always room for growth in that. Mm-hmm. And we tend to avoid that by using very rigid statements like, it's just who I am, or yeah. that's who I was raised to be. Is, is, isn't that a justification? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. What will be some healthy ways to start to address some of these issues to work, start working out some of this forgiveness? And I, I know there's not a a time limit, but some people get in a hurry. Yeah. Try to rush through the process. Um, what, what would you say to that? I think my answer is going to be slightly biased, so I apologize in advance, but therapy is always a good way to start the process. Uh-huh. Um, that's how I started mine. My process of healing those younger parts of me uh-huh. was in my own therapy. Yeah. And as I got more comfortable with it and felt more secure in my ability to cope with strong emotions as they came, I was able to go in and start dealing with those things more independently, but it's always good to start off with some strong support because sometimes you avoid or neglect for so long. uh, You neglect yourself or parts of yourself that you don't even really know what you're walking in on when you're starting to address it. So it can be useful to have support 
at least in the beginning stages. Absolutely. Um, the second part of that is identifying the areas of life that you feel the most distress and then understanding what is my belief about this situation? What am I seeing in this? And where did that come from? Right? Where did it come from? Because the belief of um, I am powerless or the belief of I am not good enough, you didn't just randomly wake up one day feeling that or thinking that or believing that. Mm -hmm. That came from somewhere. And so being able to address where those beliefs stemmed from, that's a really good part to start with. Yeah. Understand the words stem from and start to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Where did it come from? Mm-hmm. Because rarely are we as bad as we think we are. Huh. Why do you think we think we're worse off? Catastrophizing, maybe, making things a lot bigger than they are. And we also tend to be our own worst critics. And so when we're able to look in the mirror and say, you did the best you could with what you had at that time, mm-hmm. that's the process of starting forgiveness. And understanding I'm not as bad as I've painted myself out to be because everything I've done up until this point has gotten me to where I am now. And I'm stable enough and I'm secure enough to start this process and want something better for me. And that's the first step. You just have to want something different for you. Absolutely. Well, Prentice, it's definitely a pleasure to have some of your time to get busy and all that stuff, but I really appreciate all the strong feedback that you give. And, sure. and I, I, again, I just want to thank you. For yeah, this. absolutely. Been a part of the show, and I think you're going to be a strong voice uh, on here. So. Awesome. Well, it's my pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed uh, Brennan. So we will be having more um, on the topic of forgiveness. Uh, we're actually going to be doing a series here. So uh, stay tuned. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining today's podcast. I hope it was inspirational to you. Let's continue to build, inspire, and grow together. Until the next podcast. Would you like to support this podcast? If so, please visit okamaizepodcast.captivate.fm forward slash There you will find the player, click on the link, and follow the links tab. Thank you for your support. For your continual support, please follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks again.